and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. Today, as always in the Sales Chat Show studio, our virtual studio in these uh, COVID restricted times, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I am Simon Hazeldean. Now, from a, I guess from a context point of view for this episode, um, I guess sales leaders' leadership is really being put under pressure as customers are working remotely in different ways, means that sales teams need to be working in different ways, the challenges of working remotely for some people going on much longer perhaps than was originally anticipated. So we thought we would have a little look at this as a topic. And this episode is called, Are You Wasting Your Time as a Sales Leader by Learning from the Wrong People? Oh, uh, where on earth are we going to be going with this one? Well, we're going to be starting, Mr. Jesson. You have a rather unusual thought on this, as though that's new. But well, uh, you having an unusual thought, not normally as unusual as Mr. Jones's thoughts. Let's be let's yeah. be clear. But uh, more of more of Jones, Professor Jones, later. Uh, Phil, over to you. Yes, um, unusual thoughts indeed. Um, in my humble opinion, the best leader by far that you will see on your TV screens at the moment is Gareth Malone, the choirmaster. Until 2009, he worked for the London Symphony Orchestra and he ran their youth and community choirs. He entered the TV world when, I, when approached by 2020, a production company that wanted to make a series about singing in schools. And without knowing who would front the programme, they researched the term community choir masters and discovered Malone. So I can thoroughly recommend looking at anything on iPlayer or YouTube and just digging into his clips. Why I think the man is a brilliant leader. First of all, he uh, shows the viewer how to get inside the heads and the hearts of his potential singers and understand what makes them tick as individuals. He has a very, very good ability to sniff out raw talent. If they try and block him, he will find a way to get them on board into his choir. Uh, in one programme, he wanted three lads in the choir, but they thought it was, quote, far too sissy, dude. Uh, when he saw that they were listening to rap music on a monster sound system, he wrote a piece of music specifically for them and included it in the middle section of the musical piece. And they then said, we're in, dude, but can we also dance to it? Uh, interesting. Uh, he doesn't impose his ideas. He identifies words, emotions and stories that are important to the other person and then he helps them develop it. When he produced his choir, The Military Wives, the choir sang Wherever You Are, a song that got into the charts, but it was basically a love poem compiled from letters written between the women 
and their husbands and partners. So he works with the other person. He does not impose his ideas. He has incredibly high standards and expectations. He's not a softly, softly leader at all. He is the sort of person who will say, when we meet up next week, I'd like you to have the first verse done. You've probably already got some great ideas on that. And NLP practitioners would call that technique an embedded command. Um, he also understands the 80-20 rule and will seek out the 20% of people in a team that has a dramatic impact on the 80%. He's done that in the playground. He's done that in the classroom. And he's done it in the staff room of a school where he knew deep down that he needed the games master on board in order to persuade another 10 teachers and another 20 kids to join the choir. Um, one of the uh, other things that he's very, very good at is that when people have a moment of crisis and self-doubt, he sits in that space with them, establishes rapport, gradually turns them round. NLP practitioners would call that match pace lead. Um, one of his singers went down with coronavirus and Gareth showed genuine concern and support for him by making numerous phone calls during the following two weeks. He is there when it matters for them. So I could go on and on, but I won't. Um, those are my early observations of Gareth Malone. Without doubt, the best leader that you can see on British television or YouTube at the moment. Over to you, sir. Wow. Um, I, I think we suffice to say uh, this episode of the Sales Chat Show has been sponsored by the Gareth Malone Fan Club, of which Mr. Jesson is clearly the founding the founding member. I think for folks listening in from, from outside of the UK, um, I guess there's, a, there's going to be a fair bit of content on YouTube, YouTube. featuring him, and, and indeed the program may be being uh, may be offered on uh, other 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 TV other TV platforms. But there is, I mean, there's a lot. You might want to rewind this episode and listen to all of those all of those comments that that Phil Phil was making because that's a that is kind of an unusual place for us to go, you know, to to think about someone who's a leader. But that's 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 always. Um, you know, going to be a source of rich learning, isn't it? You know, for example, we've talked about you know what what people can learn from a from a famous football manager previously, those sort of stuff. So we're going looking for those those little little pieces, little nuggets of learning that I think you get from those. And I guess you know, is it reminds me of the I don't know why, but you know, he's not an orchestra conductor, but as a choir master, it's like that orchestration piece that I think so many people struggle with when they're key account managers, you know, you've got to get all of that team aligned. And I guess, yeah, fascinating to, to learn. I had a guy on a program one time and, and he was telling me about how much he'd learned about leadership, being a member of a brass band. I think he played like the trumpet in a brass band and about, you know, how much he'd learned. It was one of the really valuable, more valuable than any leadership development program he'd ever been sent on, he said, yeah. learning learning to operate. I think I'm just trying to encourage our listener stroke viewers to uh, use the lockdown time productively and just yeah. click on things in the background and the, you, you can learn a lot with a pair of slippers and a cup of coffee in your hand. Who would your nominations be then for leaders that uh, we can also learn from 
this is probably one that people are going to be, you know, a lot of people will have heard from, but the um, Simon Sinek and his start with why principle, I think Simon comes up with some great, some great stuff. And, uh, you know, his TEDx talk, uh, millions and millions of you, I think it's TEDx rather than TED was, was his talk His three, three simple concentric circles. So one, I think there are some le lessons um, of in communication for how, he succinctly explains the concept and, you know, the three principles start with why move on to the how, and then, and then go on to the what. And if, if you've not, if you've not kind of uh, familiar with it, you've not seen it, it's definitely worth spending 20 minutes of your time looking at it. And I, although Simon Sinek talks about it from a, um, like an organizational perspective, uh, mainly, I just think as a, as a simple concept, it's, you know, I'll often talk to people, sales managers about you know being inviting people to meetings and people have no idea what the purpose is why why have why at a simple level why have i been invited to this meeting um you know why are we having this meeting with the customers kind of how are we going to work together and then what do we want to do so i'm often make the point that if if the first thing i do with someone is ask them to do something the what i'm actually not not making the most of their sort of motivation and input you know i'm relying on their good nature to a huge extent because i think when people understand why something is important and we've agreed how we're going to be working together you've got them involved you've got them engaged and then they're far more likely to want to go and do the do the what you know so i think there's a it's a great 20 minutes the book is very very good as well uh, and as is his other works you know leaders leaders eat last and, and and i would i would strongly say that will be a, kind of maybe more an obvious choice than yours phil but that's definitely where i'd where i'd say you know spend spend a few minutes having a having a look at his words Maybe. of wisdom Meanwhile, uh, our good friend Mr. Jones is twitching a bit. I I'm waiting. I I because I do you know what Phil? It would not surprise me if he had some very strong opinions yeah. on the topic of leadership. I don't know about you, but I think we ought to go live now in yeah. the studio over yeah. to Mr. Graham Jones for his views on leadership. Mr. Jones, the floor is yours. He's starting to resemble the same colour as his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sat here very patiently listening to that party political broadcast on behalf of the Gareth Malone party. Um, and uh, I, I sat here thinking, uh, I'm afraid that Mr. Jessen has been duped uh, because uh, it's undeniable that Gareth Malone is talented. It's undeniable that the programme that he appears on is... Uh, very entertaining, dramatic, uh, and he clearly can get the best out of people. But unfortunately, of course, that almost all of what you see is edited. It's chosen by the producers and the directors to paint a particular picture. The programme has casting. In other words, they're selecting people who've got good backstories to make it emotional, uh, to make it dramatic, uh, to make it good television. And so judging somebody's leadership skills by what the producers have decided to show us is not necessarily very good. And deciding uh, how to produce, uh, you know, a good meeting based on, you know, why you're here, what you're going to do, that, that kind of thing is, a, is just one aspect of an individual. And there's the whole problem. You see, people who are leaders are self-selected generally. 
and because they apply to be in leadership positions. People who don't want to lead don't become leaders. And the problem is that the people who apply to lead have personality types and personality characteristics that make it more difficult for them to get on with other people because one of the key aspects of people who are in top leadership positions, the people who you might be looking at on YouTube, you know, looking at great world leaders, great historical leaders, those people have high amounts of psychopathy in their personality and high levels of narcissism. And those people have very low levels of emotional intelligence. And actually to get on with people and to get the best out of people, you need high amounts of emotional intelligence, which means actually the people who get the best out of people in the office are the people who are not leading. I do a, a, an exercise in companies called the submarine game. And in the submarine game, it's establishing who is the leader of a group. And the person who everybody thinks the leader of the group is that person who has high levels of, um, you know, uh, going out there, high levels of extroversion, high levels of wanting to lead the people who become sales leaders. Uh, those people end up in the submarine game as being shown not to be the leader of the group. But the way the submarine game works is that you get you divide your group of people into two groups and you sit one group in a circle in the middle and uh, the other group in a circle round the uh, side of them watching what they do. And you give everybody in the middle a list of items and there are 13 items on the list and the items on the list include a parachute silk, a one bar electric fire, um, uh, you know, a random list of things that you that nobody would connect with each other. And you tell people that they are in a submarine and the submarine has sunk to the bottom of the sea. Uh, they can escape. Uh, they can get out. There is an island right next to where the submarine has just crashed. Uh, they have to decide individually which five items on the list of 13 they are going to take with them to aid their survival on that island and then having decided their five items in a group they then have to decide as a group which the five items are now obviously everybody in the group will have chosen different items and they're given time then to debate in the group what the group is going to take as the five items meanwhile the group on the outside are observing the discussion and uh, they're observing what's going on. And uh, they're asked to work out who actually made the decision, who was the leader of the group. And every time I do this exercise, the most extrovert person who everybody in the group in the middle, the people in the submarine, as it were, they all think at the end of the exercise, that was their leader. The person who was the most vocal, the person who was, the, in terms of personality, was the most extrovert. Everybody within the group thinks that's the leader. Everybody outside the group realises that wasn't the leader at all. The decision was made more often than not by the most quiet person in the group, the person with high levels of emotional intelligence, the person who wasn't actually wanting to be a leader, but what they were saying was leading the group in the right direction. And so you find your know, big political leaders, very noisy politicians who become, you know, national leaders. And then we have books written about their leadership skills. They weren't the real leaders at all. 
It was the people who you never heard about who were the real leaders. It's an interesting, I, I've, I use a similar sort of survival orientated exercise on lead, leadership programs. And it, it, I think the real lesson that comes from it is the group, you, typically, um, almost without exception, the group consensus comes to a better, there's a point scoring system based on a, a survival expert. And when the group, the group typically do hugely better than any, any individual. Yeah. In the uh, and we also have a little a little thing that it works out who actually knew the most who yeah. who actually knew the most and then how much they were listened to in the in the exercise and there was once I was facilitating a, it was a it was a male dominated uh, group and there were I think uh, two two female participants and um, I think there's you know there's a bit of a bit of a male culture going on in the in the organization in question and um one one particular person who kept on trying to offer their point one of the female participants get to be overspoken and shut down by the others and it transpired at the end that, that this individual had a score as close as I've ever seen to an actual survival expert and I said I, I, I've got to ask I've never seen you know uh, and she said oh you know the country she was from she'd served in the military and had been on on survival training and she got this person in the room and it was a bit like you know actually i'm an expert in this never you mind leave this to us and and off and it was it was quite it is quite a shocking uh, you could have cut the atmosphere with a knife as i as i debriefed as i debriefed that but i think your other where where you i think you make a uh, you make a point graham i would link to is We've got to, I think we've got to realize that all all leaders are human beings and will have their flaws and their shortcomings. And you know, we do sometimes tend to paint these heroes as being perfect in every and they're not, and they're not, they're all flawed, they've all got problems, they've all got situations where their leadership just just doesn't come up to the mark. So I think it's important to sort of be buffet style, selecting the best bits. To, the, to uh, learn from and then not look for too many heroes maybe the, the the survival exercises that you're referring to um has its origins in uh, nasa years and years ago i'm going back decades um which brings me on to another excellent piece of learning if you uh, think about uh graham won't to, agree but hang on we're gonna have the particular broadcast <laughs> on behalf of the <laughs> astronaut <laughs> society making, now. making use of this dead time uh, have a look at the good old tom hanks film the apollo 11 apollo 13 or apollo whatever. 13 yeah yeah a, a brilliant example of teamwork i think that film nails the definition of leadership brilliantly it's all it's not just about uh, individuals working towards a common goal it's about people who are mutually dependent that is a team where if one yeah. screws up the whole thing screws up and it's a fascinating insight into how that team of three and of course mission control and all of those good people back on the, on the ground how they actually worked and dealt with that crisis so i'm sure it's available in all good shops and on youtube and many other it's it, it's interesting phil that uh, before we started recording this we were talking about the crown uh, the netflix uh, program about the british royal family and pointing out that even though it's based on real characters uh, part of it openly by the producers is fictional uh, they've had to make things up 
And so it's not a documentary. And I would just like to point out that the Tom Hanks film is not a documentary. No. It is actually made up. Um, and so we shouldn't base our thoughts on who leaders are based on TV programmes and films and documentaries or even books because the books are edited. The books are well, self-selected. Stop, stop there, Mr Jones. Just stop there, Mr Jones, because I don't mind if that Apollo film was made up because it still illustrates some brilliant aspects of leadership and teamwork. But of course, yes, they would have uh, blurred the edges uh, to say the least. But what are our listeners and viewers doing in these difficult lockdown times to improve their learning that's really the the heart yeah. of what this is. you have a point there which i would agree with that that actually they should spend their time looking at lots of different examples yeah. Yeah, rather than yeah. just saying you know this person is a great leader and i want to be like yeah. that person yeah. what you need to do is take a little bit of gareth malone a little bit of tom hanks a little bit of um, you know, any other leader you like yeah. to mention, because yeah. they, as, as Simon said, they are all flawed. Every leader is flawed and they are flawed more than non-leaders because of their personality type that has led them to want to lead other people. They are much more selfish than people who are not leaders. And so uh, that means that they are not necessarily going to be helping the team as much as they're trying to help themselves. Uh, we can witness this with very poor leaders. Uh, we have a leader, as we record this, who's refusing to accept that he is no longer going to be the president of the <laughs> United States uh, because he is so obsessed with himself. He is at that pinnacle of narcissism and psychopathy, which means he can't understand the perspective of other people, has zero empathy and understanding for others. And so um, when you get to that extreme of, lead, of being a leader kind of personality, you're demonstrating how flawed those people are. So leaders as a whole have flaws. And so the best thing you can do in your slippers is, is nip around YouTube, Vimeo, all the other kind of uh, places and look at examples of leaders from all kinds of different walks of life, not just politicians, but business people, musicians, actors, writers, all different kinds of people who are leading something and take a little bit from each of them. I, I agree with that. And bearing in mind we're recording this on a Monday, I, I think the challenge for our listeners and viewers is that on Friday lunchtime, uh, they all, you know, all of our listeners and viewers say, well, who have I learned from this week? whether it be fictional characters or real life characters, but who have I learned from this week? That has yeah, got to be the action. Point. Yeah. And I think, I think, and obviously I appreciate in the lockdown situation, it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult, but I think just, just as an ongoing practice, I think just keep your eyes and ears open for where you find great examples of leadership in your day-to-day -day life in businesses, you, you, you interact in shops, you know, those sort of, you know, where you normally find a really happy, motivated, focused group of people, you know, where there's that kind of atmosphere, Normally, there's a leader around there somewhere who's who's good, who's good at what they do. Be that the local 
you know, garbage dump or ours is our local garbage dump or refuse uh, recycling center. Sorry, they're now called brilliant, happy staff, very efficient, very well run. I've never met the person in charge, but I can guarantee there is somebody behind the scenes who is getting that team working so effectively, you know, kind of maybe just a, a boring day-to-day example. I mean, I spoke, I was a speaker at a conference for, um, and National Health Service in the UK. It was a celebrate a celebration of success conference, and I was sort of uh, one of one of the speakers, and then doing a bit of emceeing. And it was fascinating. They were giving these awards out for amazing service, and a lot of them were nominated by the patients. And the I remember distinctly the after stroke care team swept the board like sweeping the board at the oscars they were their team was on stage more often than any anyone else and what was really interesting is is the the leader insisted every single time there was an award that the entire team came up on stage i mean logistically it was just chaos there's about 40 of them but she would not allow one member of her team not to be on the stage to receive every single she would she would physically go and get people and, and make them because she wanted the whole team and now they won all of those awards they got all of those all of this amazing feedback from their customers their end users and you know you could see where it you could see why you could see why in in her behavior so you know just keep your eyes and ears open you'll find it and also opposite opposite examples as well you'll you'll find as well i think to know, you see to know even that example is flawed leadership because you've already said <laughs> i do there were people who she had to physically go and get those people didn't want to go onto the stage and so a good leader would know that they didn't want to go on the stage. So the mere fact she was forcing them to go on the stage when they didn't want to do it meant that she had less imp- empathy. Well, for those I, well, no, because I think actually the context was um, they would come up on stage for different awards, but if they felt the award wasn't, they had not contributed to it. That was my reading of it. But yeah. she was saying, no, it's a whole team thing. If one of us has won an award, we've all... So yeah, that was they, that was. They the didn't style. want to do it. They didn't want I, to accept the I think applause. we should... I think, I, just, wrap, I think we should wrap this episode. Up. I I think so. Let, and if, let Graham if, go and have his grumpy pills. Yeah, and then, and then oh, Phil, just going forwards, I think if we just find a way just to just to mute him when he disagrees with us, and you and I can just be in our little echo chamber and agree with each other, and it wouldn't be as much fun, though, would it, Graham? So we'll we'll keep you we'll keep you in, okay. <laughs> He's, he's muted himself, folks. So hopefully when you're sitting in your lockdown or you're he's working from home in your slippers, I don't know why Phil seems to be obsessed. You must be wearing your, your slippers, but make sure you are learning about leadership. It's um it's a life i think it's a lifelong learning thing it's a difficult thing to get right consistently and very very few people as graham is very quick to point out do so so hopefully that's given you a little bit of uh, food for thought please do let us know your great examples folks please do get in touch with us uh, via the sales chat show uh, facebook group or via the website if you've got some great examples do let us know and we'll we'll do another episode where we'll maybe feature some of your best recommendations for other sales chat show listeners to listen from so you can find all of our quite vast back catalog of episodes at our website saleschatshow.com or from wherever 
you choose to get your podcast we will be available and we would just like to wish you good luck and good leadership going forwards You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. <laughs>